The first cell phone was demonstrated in 1973 by Martin Cooper. You know what wasn't demonstrated? Shared plans. Over 50 years later, you can save on one line thanks to Visible. When you switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible, you can get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just 25 bucks a month, taxes and fees included. No hidden fees. No, really. You can look around for them. They're not there. Switch now at Visible.com. Save on wireless without the hassle. Switch to Visible today and save at Visible.com. Monthly rate on the Visible plan for data management practices and additional terms. Visit Visible.com. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. IGN Playlist is a new home to your game library. Rate games, share lists, and log your game time powered by How Long to Beat. Sign up for early access today at playlist.ign.com. In the immortal words of Victor Sullivan, we don't get to choose how we start in this life. But to paraphrase that, we do get to start how we choose this podcast, and I chose to start it with a very dramatic quote to annoy my co-host. Hello, Beyond, and hello everyone, my name is Jonathan Dornbush, and this is Podcast Beyond, IGN's weekly PlayStation show, covering all the latest and greatest in the world of PlayStation, including the re-release of some pretty good Uncharted games that we're going to talk about a little later. I'm joined this week by Mark Medina. Hello, yes, it is me, Mark Medina. This is a PlayStation podcast, and it is Wednesday. Starting, I'm starting this podcast with a list of facts. That way people will think that everything I have to say is, is indeed fact. facts. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yep. We'll, we'll see how, how we go in the rest of the episode, mm-hmm. but we're also joined this week by Jada Griffin. Hello, hello. Mark, do you think Jonathan's opening uh, deserves a, uh, a vote of usurping as the lead of Beyond? Uh, he did mix up two words. He said, I, I did, choose yeah. to join or I choose to something like that. And I got yeah. really confused. Yeah, and mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. the, in, in, from then to now, I've already written an email to Pear Perfect. Schneider to inform him that Jonathan is out of here. Weirdly, I, Pear can't fire me, but I have the authority to fire Pear. Oh, but I have the authority to fire Jada. Exactly. The yeah. the that hierarchy is, of how IGN facts. works is. That's all yeah, it, it <laughs> Everybody makes no sense. is it's like Valve. Everybody <laughs> is somebody's boss. There's no but, nobody's in charge of more than one person. <laughs> and the secret is it's not who you would normally think. That's how <laughs> right. it works here at IGN. Nope, not I, I'm just on the very bottom. <laughs> it's, it's, like, it's like I'm not even allowed to talk to like Pear because he's like, uh, there's like thirty nine people between I mean, us <laughs> if if you talk to pear he'll be like oh but have you seen this movie from the 80s that you haven't seen <sighs> he so, will he yeah, will do that's that. how it works yeah. uh no we do actually have a bit of playstation to talk about this week and not just the organization chart of ign itself <laughs> uh before we get going a small psa uh slash maybe not psa slash keep an eye out for it um this apparently has been available in other regions, so uh, this this may only mm-hmm. affect a certain portion of the audience, but at least in, in the United States and, and possibly other territories. Uh, last night, before we recorded, the PlayStation app got an update, and with it, you were finally able to uh, just sort of – why can't I think of the word? You're able Transfer. to get your captures – uh, yeah, mm-hmm. thank you. Mm-hmm. You're able to grab your captures from your PS5, whether they're screenshots or, or certain amounts of video, directly from the app on your phone. Uh, this has been a thing that the Xbox app has done for a long while. This is a thing that PlayStation fans have been asking for for a long time as well, and it was cool to finally see happen. And then it sort of mysteriously disappeared for some people. It was and a not real cool hour. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I didn't get it. Jada didn't get it. You're on Android, correct? I am on Android, yes. You're on Android. I had some people respond to me on Android who are on Twitter who do have it on Android still. Uh, Whereas, uh, Mark, you're on iOS. I I have never got it. And I tried it last night and it did not work. It didn't work last night and it doesn't work today. 
And so it worked for me last night, but doesn't show up this morning. So clearly there's there's something going on with it. Um, it, it possibly is going to roll out between the time we're recording and the time we're publishing this episode, because that's just how this show works sometimes. Mm-hmm. Uh, but just as a heads up, keep an eye out for it. As I said, it's currently only, as, as far as we know, uh, usable for PS5 captures, and they're only available on the app for 14 days. It's it's some weird limitations going on. Hopefully, it's just a first step. I don't really know why, but did yes, you Mark. need did you need to go into your PlayStation and enable it there? I didn't. The only caveat it showed me was just that if you it doesn't count uh, uploads from before the time the app gained the functionality so even if i had a capture from the last 14 days it wouldn't show up i had to just do new Mm -hmm. captures and i did get sense but okay so yeah because i had seen on twitter that somebody was like you go to your and this is what i thought i had done wrong was it was like you go to your ps5 and if you open up the the media gallery you'll get a pop-up there that will then Mm -hmm. tell you to enable it or something like that but I didn't try that till this morning, which apparently everybody's. And I also wasn't sure if it's because my PS5 was not my primary console. Because uh, oh yeah. yeah, could be that. And as well, so yeah. I set it to my PS. But again, who knows? It's it's the nature of like these kind of like rollouts, right? Is like they kind of you know give you a little beats bits and pieces until it's fully ready for everybody. Yeah, it's like, like that, some so. people get it, some people don't. I I seem to get software updates sometimes before others or after and and yeah. I'd said before the show it's it's like that with Tesla as well. It's like it really like depends on what kind of car you have. So it's like it could depend on what kind of phone you have. You know, I have an iPhone 4, so maybe that's why. Yeah, yeah it's uh, sort of the, just the sporadic nature of updates that we live in these days. So. I, I don't have an iPhone 4. I need to just <laughs> no, I believe it. No, I, I, I just wanted to revive it. No, I, I mean, because I'm Mark, still rocking up. Go you said, go ahead, Jada. Go ahead. Sorry, I was say all I have is a Pixel Three. I'm still, I'm behind a couple generations <laughs> on Pixel, but continue, Jonathan. I was trying to let it go because Mark, you said everything you you were going to say. This episode was a fact, so I was. Oh I was no! The, the first, the first thing. I guess I got an iPhone 4. Whatever. Fits in the Let's palm of my hand. It restart smokes. the episode. <laughs> it smokes every time I turn on Twitter. It just, <laughs> and that's not PS4 even from the battery. Phones. That's just from Twitter. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I mean, honestly, if our phones told us to, to not go on Twitter as much by, you know, lighting on fire, probably would be for the best. Anyway, we do have some uh, concrete PlayStation news and facts we can jump mm-hmm. into. The first of which is the PlayStation Plus lineup for February got announced today, which I totally mm-hmm. forgot because we're somehow at the end of January already. Um, right. F- for reference, uh, starting next week, the PlayStation Plus games that will be available are UFC 4, which is just for PlayStation 4, I believe. The uh, Tiny Tina's DLC, this is, it's a Assault on Dragon Keep, I believe was the mm-hmm. name. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. That They released it as a standalone after previously having been a part of Borderlands 2. Uh, it's only the PS4 version that you can get. The PS5 version is not part of PS Plus for some reason. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Planet Coaster, the console edition, which is only the PS5 version, I believe, is also going to be uh, available as part of as part of PS Plus. Mm-hmm. Um, the, wh- what is it? Why can't I think of it? Tiny Tina's is obviously in, in the lead up to Wonderlands, and I've always sort of liked uh, PlayStation Plus as a way to get people hyped for upcoming games. I think that's the mm-hmm. most clever use of it when you're not releasing new games. Um, it's a little funny because if you happen to have been a longtime subscriber uh, to PlayStation Plus, the Borderlands Handsome Collection uh which was included all of Borderlands 2 and its DLCs, was on it a couple years ago, so you might already have that as part of that game's DLC. Uh, but this is the standalone version of it, so you can can jump right in if you're interested in, in Wonderlands and kind of want to see the like story impetus for, for why Tiny Tina is such a big deal to people um, mm-hmm. if you've never played Borderlands, which I yeah. think is cool. I still think this is kind of a weird, soft lineup. Um, it's I guess very soft. In... In a month where we're going to get a bunch of incredible games, yeah. like, you know, I'm not wanting for games, but like to go back to my point of this being a great lead up for people, why wasn't Absolver on there to get people hyped for Sifu to learn about the developer mm-hmm. more? Or why wasn't another FromSoft game put on there like Bloodborne, perhaps, for people mm. to get hyped for, for Elden Ring? Isn't Bloodborne it, in the PS Plus collection, though? It is. It is, but that's PS5. just for, for PS5, PS5 players. Yeah, yeah. yeah. so, um, you know. 
But I mean, you could have done a Dark Souls, Dark Souls 3 or, or something like yeah. that. Probably not Sekiro due to the weirdness of the Activision timing. But um, yeah, there. I don't know. I, it, does anything here like particularly excite either of you to uh, jump I into? I don't know. I missed three games last year out of like the 37 they give away. And I think these might be the three I missed this year. Um, I just, <laughs> I just, I don't know. There's nothing here that's like, oh my goodness, I need to play. Like I've already played the assault on Dragon Keep back on, back in the day when it first dropped on like, I think 360 when I played it the first time. And then I played it recently on PC when they gave it away on the Epic store. So like, it's great that PlayStation owners are going to be able to get it for free now as well and try it because it's a good DLC. Um, very difficult if you're like um, playing uh, at like level one from it. I don't feel like it scaled very well. Like I remember playing with a bunch of friends and we probably went 10 minutes and I didn't get a gun at the start. I was meleeing everything because my friends took all the guns. So I was punching everything in Borderlands, which isn't normally a thing, um, but I made it work. Um, but even then we got to some enemies and there was just it was I didn't think it was uh designed very well from a newcomer perspective is meant to be a gotcha. post game DLC to where your characters are already coming in with a bunch of skills and uh, mm. gear and stuff like that. So just be aware of that. If for newcomers to it, um, you may have an easier time with it than I did, but uh, it was, it was really weird uh, going huh. in and like fighting a skeleton for like 20 minutes huh. um, because there was just giant skeletons and it took 20 minutes to kill. Cause we were, running back and forth kiting it because we had no ammo and waiting for abilities to come off the cooldown and stuff so Oof. yeah yeah uh, i uh go ahead mark I, I didn't play the first three ufc games so i'm, I'm not going to know what's going on in ufc 4 the war. like yeah yeah i mm-hmm. would need a recap or something i i don't know so i'll probably skip that i've, I've played tiny tina a long time ago uh hearing that it's incredibly difficult makes me not the the i also have a playstation 5 so I would probably opt to play the PS5 version anyways, which I would have to pay for. I also have a PC, and I did get, claim the Epic Game Store free version as well. So yeah. that does nothing for me. And then as far as uh, Planet Coaster goes, yeah, I, uh, I'm i waiting for Park Beyond. And that's not just because I'm on Podcast Beyond. Park <laughs> Beyond looks amazing. So that, oh, that'll, be my, that'll be my Sim Coaster game for the year. But yeah, I agree. In a, in a month like this where you're getting... Elden Ring, Horizon, Sifu, Dying Light. I wouldn't say, Mark, that it like the the Salt and Tiny Keep, uh, Salt and Dragon Keep, the Salt and Tiny Keep. That should also be a dungeon in Tiny Tina's Wonderland. Sure. Um, but yeah, um, what you call it? I wouldn't say it was like it's like super difficult to where it's like you can't like you know uh, people won't want to get into it or it'll ruin the experience. But it just uh, the early the first like hour or so is a little rough. But once we got past that first hour, it gets a lot better because you've gained a few levels. The gear starts to drop. You start seeing those golds. Um, <laughs> and there's a lot of the gun like the core guns from regular Borderlands are there. Like I found a conference call, um, which my uh, and and the infinity pistol. I found both of those or whatnot in like the first couple hours of play. And uh, all my friends are jealous because I've got the best luck when it comes to drops in games. So. <laughs> Um, yeah, I, that, that's definitely good, good, uh, clarity to know for that one. And I think, you know, as we, we get closer to Wonderlands, I, I know we've talked about it a little bit, but I, I think there's like general excitement on the show to dig into it. Mm-hmm. And so we should definitely give it a try and, and co-op for sure. Um, but yeah, it's, it's one of those weird things. I think for me, whenever PlayStation plus has a light month, it's just kind of one of those, like we've seen the potential of how good a service it can be. Mm-hmm. And when all the focus is on like, Oh, look at what game passes and we're waiting for whatever Spartacus is going to be. It's just one of, kind of one of those things where it's like, Oh, what if we had a couple extra, just cool things as part of PlayStation plus to really bolster why this is an important part of the PlayStation, you know, ecosystem beyond requirements for playing online. Mm-hmm. This episode of Podcast Beyond is brought to you by NordVPN, a great way to protect yourself online while also improving your overall experience while enjoying cyberspace. Are you tired of streaming shows, movies, or sporting events being unavailable in your region due to draconian restrictions that are based on completely arbitrary geographical boundaries in physical meat space? Well, switch your virtual location to a place where that's no longer an issue. 
The same goes for shopping. You can get the best possible deal on subscriptions, flights, hotels, and other goods and services like that from websites that like to play favorites with certain territories and currencies. Meanwhile, encrypted traffic protects your data from hackers, viruses, malware, phishing sites, and other harmful hitchhikers of the information superhighway. Though really, it's more of an information autobahn because there is no speed limit with NordVPN. It is the fastest VPN in the world, so there won't be any buffering or lagging, and it'll stop your ISP from throttling your bandwidth. Isn't that nice? One NordVPN account can be used across six devices, which is great. My wife has been using our account to watch all sorts of awful British reality TV shows that aren't available here, like Argument Island or Half Naked Idiots Fall in Love, and everyone's favorite, The Worst People Just Got Married, Let's Hear Them Talk About It. Shows that are so bad, they're blocked in our part of the world for our own good, but luckily, NordVPN allows her to trick the internet into thinking she's in the UK, so she and her awful friends can shriek and howl and cackle at the TV while I'm trying to relax. I've been using my VPN too. You know what I've been using it for? None of your business. Yep, that's right. And thanks to NordVPN, my data is safely encrypted, all bundled up in a weighted security blanket of incomprehensibly complex math problems, and nobody can tell what it's doing under there. Data, you do your thing. I'll leave you alone. One month of NordVPN coverage costs less than a cup of coffee. Coffee can't protect you from cyber criminals unless you throw it at them or pour it on their computers, and you'll probably get in trouble for doing that. So get NordVPN instead. To get the best possible discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com pobeyond. That link will also give you four extra months on the two-year plan. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. Again, that is nordvpn.com pobeyond. And now, back to the show. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it. Or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Martha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz and how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. Um, yeah. But yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens as the months go on. Allegedly, we're going to be hearing about uh, whatever Project Spartacus is sometime early this spring, so hopefully we'll have more to talk about that in the coming months. Um, but sort of... Speaking of, I know we were, were talking a little bit about uh, follow-ups as well. Uh, from last week's episode, obviously, we touched a lot on the Activision and Call of Duty of it all and what's going to happen to Call of Duty on PlayStation with this uh, you know, acquisition going on and what that means. And, and sort of our general feelings were like, once Xbox really takes effect, unless there are sort of any outstanding contracts for games it's probably going to go exclusive uh, mm -hmm. it is kind of where we settled on things. And uh, since we last spoke, uh, Jason Trier over at Bloomberg, apologies for any mouse clicking you can hear, I forgot to pull the URL up, uh, reported via Bloomberg that uh, apparently the next few Call of Duties will be available across all platforms, including PlayStation, due to outstanding commitments and outstanding contracts and whatnot. So mm -hmm. according, to according to Schreier, Call of Duty 2022, which everyone is expecting to be because the deal might not be closed until early next year, uh, but Call of Duty 2023 and Warzone 2, which is also planned for 2023, are all still set to come to PlayStation. Uh, after that, according to Schreier, the uh, direction of Call of Duty is much less clear in terms of whether or not it remains multi-platform. Mm -hmm. uh, in, in the week since we last recorded, pretty much I think the day after our show went up, uh, Phil Spencer tweeted last week that he was had a call with Sony executives and that he intends to, quote, honor all existing agreements between Activision and Sony. So yeah. just to just to follow up from last week's episode, um, you know, let me know how either of you feel. But I, I think we were pretty much this was kind of what we expected, expected. They're going to commit and honor whatever is contractually there because, you know, probably breaking contracts like that would be a logistical and legal nightmare. But after that, Xbox bought Activision for a reason. Yeah, yeah, I if I if I <laughs> I'm just confused why on the video version, if you're watching, all of a sudden there was the Hades, Hades gameplay. Yeah, I'm so confused great. by that. <laughs> <laughs> it was just like Call of Duty zombies and then like three seconds of Hades. Maybe that's in the review. Maybe he 
because yeah, sometimes these are kind of roguelike so yeah. maybe he mentioned like it's not a roguelike as in depth as hades i'll have to go back don't, and watch it because that was really funny <laughs> don't take away super giant from me please i need i need to get their trophies <laughs> like on did they acquire super giant <laughs> oh my gosh wait i'm gonna go off on a tangent here have you seen the trophy list for hades on playstation 5 yeah it's hard you yet. need to do no, so much no way no way I'm would i ever it. attempt that it was like over 100 hours it would take to get all that well, it's one of my favorite games of all time. So, I'm but I've already it. played it a hundred hours, Dormoja, <laughs> and I'm getting yeah. to play it for another hundred hours. It's so fun. <laughs> what's the what's the what's one of the trophies that's like like time time extensive or time taking? It's, it's time you basically it's, need to do everything. Like, it, so you yeah, gotta like finish up the like the feat list in your book and stuff like that. Yeah, it's like it's like literally collect everything. I did the I do the the power picks or whatever it's called, um, uh-huh. and their estimate was somewhere between. The, apparently, there's something you can do if you like cheese it, and it makes it mm-hmm. where it's only ninety hours. But like to actually do it, it would be like over a hundred. And I was like, no way, because I love Hades as well. And so my thought process was, is this gives me a reason to play it. I'm gonna get the platinum. I saw the list, <laughs> and I was like, nope. Uh, anyways, yeah. back to Call of Duty. I bet if you go, <laughs> unfortunately, I bet if you go back to that episode, I think we said something like this. The the idea of, you know, um, them existing on both platforms because of exclusivity deals or, you know, marketing deals. Like those marketing deals are bought probably years in advance. Uh, something that's interesting that I kind of saw poking around on Twitter was that he had also said that they were considering having call of duty take a year or so off and i that really excited me because i love this idea of call of duty kind of disappearing you know assassin's creed kind of did that they disappeared and came back and completely changed their genre right and so Mm -hmm. um i i really love that idea but apparently if you had to guess that wouldn't their first year off probably wouldn't be till like 2024 yeah because those games are already being in they're already there well you gotta assume because of that yearly rollout that they've been on like yeah that that trajectory is like when a when a studio gets done with their call of duty they probably get started on their next call of duty which is a couple right. years away so it's like yeah yep. infinity ward and treyarch have been working on their call of duty since they stopped working on their last ones and you know sledgehammer right. just finished vanguard they're probably not working on the next thing but maybe theirs i guess might be the first that could potentially be a little more pushed away or or a little bit different if they don't go yearly which i i also agree is is a better call i think for for them in the long run but yeah this year is infinity ward and the next year should be treyarch it my dream scenario would be that they finish whatever modern warfare 2 or whatever that they're that infinity ward's working on and then they start work on the next the next call of duty after that year break because like you know i think that would be awesome <laughs> Yeah, uh, no, Jada, I agree. What were you gonna say? Yeah. yeah, no, I agree. I think that's the the way to for them to go about this. Um, I don't remember if I mentioned this in our previous discussions, but uh, you know, they we don't know. We didn't know prior to this, and we still don't know because this is still a little bit of hearsay. Like how far the contracts are for these various games, and how far along some of these are when it comes to marketing plans and stuff like that. Because that stuff is designed and planned out years ahead. And like, hey, we're gonna. You know, six months up to launch, we're going to release the the trailer. But 12 months out, we're going to release just a teaser with the title of the game. 18 months, we're going to create the social, you know, profiles for it. Like, there's so much time that goes into each of these games um, mm. that it makes sense for, you know, us to see these next couple roll out as we're as they, it's being reported. And then us get that break. So I'm happy to see that break. Um, I enjoyed Vanguard, um, but I definitely felt the f- I got fatigue way faster than I did with any other Call of Duty. So um, yeah. I'm excited for it to take a break and come back um, and stronger, I, hopefully. And and whether or not we get breaks later, and, and obviously that will probably be at a point where it's Xbox exclusive, we'll, we'll have it for the next couple of years. And I do think, you know, obviously... Phil has done a lot to to really focus on the Xbox community and and really make sure that they're they're speaking to their players and everything. But he's also a very smart leader of a company, and so he mm-hmm. chooses his words very specifically. And so I think him and the way he has phrased his wording about Call of Duty going forward, I think very clearly, especially coupled with this port, is saying Warzone Two will be continued. Uh, to have support on PlayStation. Like that if that's mm-hmm. going to be an existing community on PlayStation like we've talked about last week, that will still be an existing community on PlayStation. 
but for the next Call of Duty after that, when it's presumably totally, you know, owned by Xbox, probably not on PlayStation. So yeah, we're, we sort of have a bit more of a roadmap in mind. Of course, this is just a report not confirmed by Activision or Xbox. They can't really confirm any of that sort of stuff until the acquisition is done. Uh, but that sort of gives us a window and an idea of at least what to expect in the near future of Call of Duty on PlayStation. And uh, of course, if we hear any more, we'll we'll talk about it on this show. Also, it's going to be weird when they announce the first Crash Bandicoot exclusive to Xbox, but, you know, that may be the world we live in in a couple of years. I think it's uh, also great, though. We um, Sorry, I'm just going to go one, one more quick tangent. Go for it. That gives, you know, PlayStation three, almost three years, maybe four years, to get something like a new mag or something started to where it can really start to capitalize on the PS5 hardware and, you know, try to establish that multiplayer um, flagship title that Sony is lacking right now. So hopefully we get something along those lines, maybe not mag specifically a SOCOM, but they've got plenty of time to either do that or a new IP. So hoping we see that. Yeah, absolutely. We'll have more, of course, whenever we hear uh, official word as that deal closes, but that's going to be a little further in the future. Uh, moving on, there's sort of a host of PlayStation news we're jumping through this week. Uh, the the next bit that I did want to bring up was something that kind of happened over the weekend uh, that, you know, as we're waiting for Spartacus, as we're waiting on hope that PlayStation brings some old games for us to play to the PS5 and the PS4, um, you know, I feel like we're we're kind of like Nintendo fans at this point, where we're just asking them to re-release their old games and make us buy them again. Um, there was a bug on the PSN that briefly displayed all PlayStation 4 trophies as if they had come from PlayStation 3 games, uh, which caused mm-hmm. people to sort of speculate about what might be happening. Uh, VGC spotted this and noticed that an issue on the PSN showed that, you know, trophy listings for PlayStation 4 weren't showing up, but there were trophies being displayed as PS3 games. Uh, there were sort of all this like incorrect data going on and all these things. Uh, it was solved relatively quickly and, and um, you know, didn't last for, for too long or, or suddenly show games we had never heard of before or anything like that. But of course, this got people riling up the idea that, oh, this must mean the PS3 is going to be backward compatible on the PS5, uh, especially Mark Cerny, of course, sort of the the lead architect when it comes to a lot of this stuff at Sony, uh, recently filed some new patents related to backward compatibility and the way those systems can work. Uh, So naturally, that stuff kind of hand-in-hand went uh, into overdrive. PlayStation 3, it's coming to the PS5. We all know it. That's what has to happen. Or maybe it's just some testing for whatever Project Spartacus is, and it kind of got out there onto the live servers by accident um mark what what do you think about it i mean either way it's clear that playstation 3 is is coming to ps5 in one form or another like stuff like that doesn't really happen on accident right like oh well obviously the whole thing was an accident but like stuff like that doesn't come without there being a reason behind it and so sony can deny all they want like oh no that's some weird glitch in the system yeah some weird glitch from you guys testing what ps3 trophies look like on ps5 you're not doing that for fun so (laughs) um ps3 games um i think i've said it before on the show that i don't super care about backwards compatibility but uh i do see them uh, they're coming no no doubt in my mind they're coming yeah this definitely feels like Oh, sorry. Uh, No, go for it, Jada. Go. I'm excited because I've got a bunch of the, like, collections of games that I'd like to revisit from the PS3. The Sly Cooper trilogy, the Ratchet & Clank collection. Like, I'd love to be able to play some of those that are unavailable to play unless you do PS Now, which has some of them. But uh, I'm hoping we do get some PS3 backwards compatibility. I'm really hyped, and I think a lot of people will be excited um, to see that because there's a lot of people who maybe missed out on the PS3 because they were Xbox people and they joined during the PS4 generation because PS4 was doing so well. Um, and they would like to revisit some of those excellent PS3 games. Yeah, absolutely. And and sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you earlier. No, I was literally going to set you up and you answered it perfectly what I was going to ask. Mm-hmm. But yeah, um, I, I totally agree. I think at the end of the day, hopefully, like I really want Spartacus to be robust in, in terms of this backward compatibility. I know there are definitely some out there like you, Mark, who, who don't really care about it at this point. But I do think it's one of those things where, you know, we we just got the brand new Ratchet & Clank. I said this for Rift Apart a lot. And if you wanted to re-experience Ratchet & Clank or learn why people loved it over the last 20 years, you could only play the 2016 version, which granted mm. was a really great game, was sort of a soft reboot of the franchise. But 
Rift Apart also kind of followed up on the last games on the PS3 that you couldn't play. And so to have those collections available on the PS5 or even the PS4 in, in some form, whether it's a streaming service, whether it's uh, Spartacus, whether it's a, 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 you know, a buffed up PS Now, whatever that is, having those there for everyone on a much wider scale would be great. Having the Sly Cooper games there, if they ever choose to revisit that, would be awesome. And also, like you, Jada, I just really miss Sly Cooper. Um... But, but having those things there where there is all this PlayStation history to not let people be able to dig into it unless you have an old PlayStation 3 is a bummer. It's, you know, mm-hmm. it misses out on history that I think people might be interested in. A lot of people will just want to play the new thing and, and move on to the next new thing, and that's fine. But I do think for those who really want to be like, oh, I just fell in love with this game. How can I go play more? oh, I need to go hunt down a $1,000 console on eBay from 15 mm-hmm. years ago. <laughs> um, so ho- hopefully, I, I think, again, I wouldn't you know, assume they're just going to suddenly flip a switch. Uh, this sort of came coupled with, over the weekend, I don't know if either of you saw this, but PlayStation Japan was teasing a sort of like music video collab, um, like a new, uh, a, you know, a new production collaboration thing uh, on January 23rd, and they were using 1, 2, 3 in classic PlayStation colors as the sort of teasing. And so many people thought, oh, this is they're going to announce PlayStation backward compatibility hmm. via this music video. And obviously it didn't happen, but I think like... It was, when was we, the 23rd like a Sunday? It was a Sunday. It was only teased by Sony Japan. No other PlayStation affiliate, you know, tweeted it. I think when you see that stuff, just keep that in mind. But people really, really care for it. If you're watching the video version, I I threw this into a run of show because ever since Mark Cerny gave his sort of discussion about PlayStation 5 backward compatibility, people have looked at one of the slides from his thing where it shows PS5, PS4 Pro, and PS4 and the way it would run backward compatibility. And everyone would go, huh, there's a lot of empty space on that graphic. Wouldn't it be perfect to slot the PS3, PS2, and PS1? And it would be. There's even kind of room to put the Vita in there on the side. I I would love nothing more than for this to happen, but it's, you know... I think these tests are indicative of works in progress. I don't think it's necessarily indicative of exactly what's going to happen until Sony announces it. But yeah, yeah, I can see I can see yep. PS3 versions being run like a like a cloud version or something like that if they had yeah. to do because of the weird uh, the cell architecture or whatever for the from the PS3. I can never remember what that was called. That's um, a cell architecture, cell, yeah. The cell processor. Well, yep. There you go. Okay, like I remember it better than I thought. Um, I, I I'm. I just really want to play Final Fantasy 13 on my PS5. That's all I want. <laughs> I want to play that trilogy again. Well, uh, we we may not be able to uh, dip into that for a little while longer, though. I hope we can. Uh, but we do have some some new games to look forward to, even if they're nebulously uh, announced. They don't have titles. I wish they would just give us names sometimes with announcements like these. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in sort of this weird brand new frontier, uh, we thought it was worth mentioning. Uh, EA and Respawn and Lucasfilm announced that, you know, despite EA not having the exclusive on, on Star Wars games, there will be three new Star Wars games coming from EA specifically Mm -hmm. from Respawn, either developed by them or produced by them, which is a lot of games. Uh, The first one, pretty obvious. I think we all knew this was coming based on its success. Jedi Fallen Order 2. Uh, That's not the actual name for it. They didn't give a a sequel title for it, so we don't know what it's going to be, but presumably it will continue to be sort of a third-person lightsaber action game. I love yeah. Jedi Fallen Order 2. It I assumed they were working on a sequel after the success and it's it's mm-hmm. exciting to hear like final confirmation. I like that uh, our B-roll footage has an Xbox logo Get rid of it. Just, get just, rid of it. Just, no one sees it. Just to show that we 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 I mean, you know, I always There's hear, no bias here, guys. There's no bias <laughs> at all. I mean, we <laughs> just cover us up as it happens. <laughs> you know what? The show's um, getting better by the second. We got I, uh, rid of the Xbox logo, but then you got rid of the host. That's fine. <laughs> That's, uh, uh, I mean, I I look through our comments regularly and, you know, people are like these people you know, on all our co- podcasts, like they only play this console. They're only hyping this console. Almost everybody on staff owns at least two of the three consoles, which is so weird. Like, and most of us own all three of the major consoles and PCs. So it's just, you know, it's funny. It's, I always love seeing that stuff when it crosses over in our podcast, <laughs> which is, um, is obviously like a very, you know, wonderful position to be in, especially with the like console shortage. Not everyone. Can oh yeah. Do it. But yeah, we, we play on everything at the end of the day, but we, 
are very well, excited Spencer, to talk about PlayStation Phil, Phil stuff. Spencer told us to, yes. so we have to. Oh, of course. Yeah, yes, he exactly. did. I forgot yep. about the emails that we shared with him. He's like, play um, everywhere. I'm like, all right. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, yeah, it's uh, Jedi Fallen Order 2. Totally makes sense. I assume it's going to be called yep. Je- Star Wars Jedi blank something because the colon is before Fallen, not before Jedi. It's yeah, <clears throat> weird so in the title. Star Wars Jedi colon something else. Yeah, that makes sense. I never really played much of this game. I'm going to be honest really? with you. Yeah, oh, because... I, I think um, you'd really like it. Sorry, go continue. I, I think I would, too, because I, I like Souls games, and I know this game has a little bit of that. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But then Especially... also, it's just, like, you know, a fun... Yeah, I, I played, like... It was one of those things. It's, it's you know... Um, I played, like, two hours of it and then didn't play any more of it for some reason. I You know, it was a busy time when that game came out. And so I think I had to move on for something. And then I came back. And this this game, I feel like more than most, and, and I, I guess a lot of Souls games are like this as well. I'm not saying Jedi Fallen Order is a Souls game, blah, blah, blah. Um, it has elements. You're not, you're not off base. It definitely does. Is, is that when I logged back in, I had no idea what I was doing. Like mm-hmm. at, l- less fair. than zero idea. I was like, I I, I have no memory of this place. <laughs> so <laughs> I uh, I I was like, well, that's that. I am not gonna play it anymore. If- but like, it looks cool. And the thing is, the story of this game is so cool. Not the not the not the story of the story of the development. You know, we, we did our um, IGN unfiltered episode with stig and he said that lucas film or lucas was so apprehensive about them making a game with they're like you're gonna make a shooter right you're respawn and he's like no we want to make a a star wars game and we want them to be you know we want our main character to be a jedi and stuff like that and he said that they were very apprehensive about that because they're very particular on who jedis are like who gets to wield the lightsaber that's not something they take lightly so they were able to make you know this concept for this and lucas loved it and and this game went on to be a success and i love this whole story of like them taking a risk let and it paying off yeah and now it's just obvious that this is going to be a series now yeah this is it's it's really cool it's such a great um first entry go ahead jada no, 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 go ahead. I was just going to say, not. like, Mark, if you ever do feel the impulse for it, there was the PS5 and, and uh, yeah. Series X patch. So that's available mm-hmm. now to go play it on. It does play uh, very well there. I would say it's worth it. I like. I don't think Cal is the most interesting protagonist, and I think the uh, collect-a-thon side of it, which is if you go trophy hunting kind of thing you need to do, is definitely not the most interesting part. It feels kind of like a thing they put in pretty late in the game and, and hopefully can expand upon later. But the the core Jedi like lightsaber combat and stuff is mm-hmm. so good. Like They really did, as you said, uh, Stieg was saying. They took a risk, and it really paid off. Like It is great lightsaber con- combat. Uh, and also the supporting cast is phenomenal. Like it's 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 full of genuinely great Star Wars characters, and BD One is just my favorite droid. He is just the cutest boy. BD One is amazing. Uh, but yeah, I would say I would say this is probably the 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 lightest of the Souls light type games. Like if you would, were to create a subgenre of Souls games, this would be the light on the lowest end of breaking into that uh, that entry. Um, but it, it's done so well. And um, I believe now with like the, all the added editions you have the, for you, Mark, who's like, you know, spent so much time away from it. Uh, mm-hmm. There is a like where you can kind of create your own like custom battles. And so you choose what enemies you want to fight. You place them on a map on like a board and then you go in and you fight. So like you could fight like all five. I think there's like four or five other like um, Jedi, like, battles and stuff like that like semi lightsaber or you know um equivalent type weapons uh, equivalent type weapons that you fight against throughout the the campaign and you could fight all five of them at once and it is bananas it is so difficult Um, i don't think i've even finished that challenge yet um because it is just unreal trying to perfect dodge perfect guard counter like three or four people coming at you at once. Sometimes it's just doesn't seem physically possible, but yeah. I know there's probably people out there who have and congratulations to you. I, uh, <laughs> I, I salute you. Um, so, sounds like uh, I might need to stay away. I, I love bananas, uh, but in my thirties, I got and like, I'm allergic to them now. So <laughs> <laughs> is that you know. a fact or not? You'll have to find out later. 
I can't. Biology. I can't. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, that that's actually real. I learned this weird thing that apparently when you turn 30, a lot mm-hmm. of stuff about your body changes, right? Yep. And uh, your you, allergies. You basically, the change second I hit years. 30, I just start. I just start dying. Mark Medina does at least. I've I've been on death's door for <laughs> hey, two years now. <laughs> I found out in the last year that sparkling wine causes an asthmatic reaction for me. So isn't that cool? Look at that. Yeah. Yeah. Bodies one one are day I, I ate a banana and I was like, whoa, my mouth is super itchy. <laughs> and uh, strawberries too. Uh, both of them. If I eat either of them, my mouth gets crazy itchy now. And so I kind of try to stay away, which is sucks because I used to love those things. What we're saying is there should be a game about allergies. Uh, what I'm saying is don't turn allergy simulator. Find the immortal fountain of youth and stick to that. Yeah. Yeah. There it is. There's the BD toy. It's true. But yes, uh, I love Jedi Fallen Order so much. I bought an unofficial Lego set BD1. My girlfriend and I spent like a full weekend tracking down each individual part we needed to build this boy. Uh, wow. And he is very adorable, and I love him dearly. And you carry uh, him around on your back. I, I hold him all the time, and he constantly breaks. It's really not helpful for him. Uh, but I can't wait for BD to come back. In addition to that, uh, Respawn confirmed that they are working on a first-person shooter, which, as you were saying, Mark, makes sense for Respawn to be making. So That, uh, that, one, that mm-hmm. one tracks. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I, that... I think everybody would love a Titanfall 3, but Star Wars... Probably resonates with a larger audience more yeah. nowadays, so it, it makes sense. It will be led by Peter Hirschman, who was previously the VP of development at LucasArts, uh, back when that was the, the company's title, and has a long history of working with Lucasfilm and co-created Medal of Honor as well. So definitely, you know, between him and then the obviously legacy of great first-person shooter stuff at Respawn, very exciting, a uh, lot of potential for it in the Star Wars universe. And then the third game that they're sort of producing, co-developed, like, uh, overseeing, I think, is probably the best way to do it. Um though there is, I think, development happening at Respawn as well. It's being developed by Bitreactor, a recently formed studio composed of Firaxis Games veterans, uh, the studio best known for, of course, the XCOM series and the upcoming Mm -hmm. uh, Marvel Midnight Suns. Uh, That will be some sort of strategy game. We don't really know any specifics about it. There's obviously also a lot of strategy things you could do in the Star Wars universe, whether it is large platoons of troopers from different eras, or if it's a small group, you could do something like the Bad Batch uh, as a small, like, you know, specific outfit of team you, you can do a lot of different things both there and with shooters in the star wars universe so i'm really excited for all these three things i think it's awesome that respawn and clearly lucasfilm has faith in respawn if they're going to give them three star wars games to work on right yeah it, the the news hit in general is a it, it's a shareholder like news hit absolutely like yeah we are working on mm-hmm. these things more to come at maybe three who knows yeah there's no whatever that ends up or 7 p.m uh there's no (laughs) dates there's no uh titles as we mentioned Mm -hmm. Uh, of course star wars celebration is coming up in in a couple months and that feels like a good place to maybe learn about one of these uh it's been a couple years now since fallen order one so it's i could see that as potentially a good place to actually reveal that game uh and and probably see a little bit more of it that was sort of the treatment the first game got so i wouldn't be surprised if that's the same but yeah, we have a lot of Star Wars games to look forward to. We'll probably talk about them a lot in the future uh, because there's not only Star Wars fandom here, but of course you may have heard of a couple people, uh, Max and Brian, who are big Star Wars fans, if you didn't mm-hmm. know that. Uh, but anyway, that's sort of a wrap-up of all the news that was in the world of PlayStation we were excited about this week. Uh, we do want to touch on some of the games that we've been playing and whatnot, and I did want to start off, of course, with the big one that is being released this week, uh, Uncharted Legacy of Thieves Collection is out on January 28th. Uh, It's a PS5 upgrade for Uncharted 4 and Uncharted The Lost Legacy, sort of a combined collection of those two. Uh, If you own either one on PS4, you can get them both as part of the collection for, I believe, a $10 upgrade, or you can just buy it specifically for the PS5 if you want to do that as well. Um, Mark, you and I have both been playing it a bit. You put up a bunch of gameplay from both of the games, correct, on IGN? That's some uncharted music, right? Is that there. a yes? Is that I think that is a yes. IGN.com <laughs> slash YouTube.com forward slash IGN. You'll find some gameplay of Uncharted. You'll find some comparisons. We have a performance review. All the good stuff. Everything you would expect for a game like this. 
Yeah. And uh, Mark, you you put it pretty well before we were recording uh, yesterday when we were planning this episode. So I'm going to kind of throw it to you. What like where do you think this fits in in the space of PS5 upgrades for people who might be interested? Yeah. So one of the big questions I got was like, yeah, what kind of upgrade is this? And most people know there are three different ways for a game that was on ps4 to come to ps5 right there's the horizon zero dawn way which is just a patch that the game looks and runs better doesn't have better like really better loading just you know what the ssd can kind of like strong harm but like doesn't actually have development just kind of unlocked right then there's spider-man 2018 which which is spider-man remastered which looks great has all the same menus as the original game but has the better loading, right? Where it just dips to black and then boom, you're in the game. And then there's something like Death Stranding and Ghost of Tsushima, which are director's cuts. They have all different menus and there's a bunch of added content. This is Spider-Man, right? So <laughs> you have to pay to get it. It does have the SSD improvements, which is great because this game takes forever to load. So on the PS4. when you when you yeah, on PS4. Yeah. So when yeah. you play on PS5 and you you click a chapter, a new game, it does it dips to black. It comes back and you're in the game. Awesome. It's it's really great for capturing because, uh, you know, missions like this, you're seeing the B-roll. If I did not do it correctly, I would want to do restart count encounter and, and it would just load instantly. So, yeah, this is this is definitely in the vein of Spider-Man Remastered, which is uh, which is still great. But what you get when you boot this game up is you get a splash screen that of, you know, Legacy of Thieves. And it says uncharted 4 thieves end and uncharted lost legacy you click one of those and then you are in that game exactly how you remember it from ps4 if, if you're if you do uncharted 4 it's the skeleton in the cage if you do lost legacy it's the you're on the boat right the menus are identical there's there's nothing different except yeah, for it's... the graphics options it's the same content that you would expect from those games. And of course, if yep. you haven't played them, you absolutely should. Uh, absolutely. They are still very, very good. Yep. Mm -hmm. Lost Legacy in particular is my favorite uh, Uncharted. And I think Uncharted 4 has gotten a weird bad rap, I think, because at the time it came out, it was well-reviewed, but a lot of people were like, but it's too long. It's very I long, think yeah. There's still so much great stuff in it. Like, I do think mm -hmm. the length aside, if that is an issue for you, I do think there are really, really great spectacular sequences. We're seeing one of them on screen. Uh, the, the really big chase sequence that kind of happens at the midpoint of the game, uh, which if you want to know even more about it, we did a art of the level on it with uh, some of the Naughty Dog team and uh, Kurt Marganau, uh, who had worked on Uncharted 4, Lost Legacy, and, and a whole bunch of other stuff in Naughty Dog, actually uh, spoke a little bit about some of the things that they're doing with the PS5 version. So for them, it, it is a lot of behind the scenes things that might not be immediately noticeable to the player, but... Uh, on the PS4, they had sort of a texture limiter that mm -hmm. only showed the high-res textures when things were focused by the camera to yeah. make sure that things could load, that memory was working well. They don't need to worry about that with the SSD and on the PS5, so they can just let those te textures live so you're not worried about, like, pop-in or things maybe taking a little while to show up in that high-res. It's, it's just always there. Yeah. Um, you get stuff like that. You get the, as Mark was saying, the performance modes, uh, including if you have a screen that does it, the performance plus mode, which is 120 frames per second. Um, which is insane. And I, I, I actually wild. do. I, the TV behind me I bought when I bought my PlayStation 5. This is the LG something or other that actually has the true 120 hertz. And I played it for like a few seconds or like not a few seconds. Like I played it for like a mission, but I didn't want to get too used to it because it is. It's super responsive, but it limits the game to 1080p. And I, 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 this game's gorgeous, right? In 4K, but I didn't want to play it in 4K 30. So the 1440p that is scalable up to 4K at 60 FPS to me is like the smooth, the, 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 the sweet spot for, for this. Yeah. It works really, really well. I will say, yeah, I, I have an LG that does the 120, and obviously it's going to be for a very, a very specific part of the audience, but boy, does it run well. It is yeah. it is kind of wild, and yeah, to Mark's point, I flipped from that immediately back to the fidelity at 30 frames and almost got a headache because of how much slower it was, which is weird for me because I'm not normally a frame rate person. It normally it's, doesn't actually matter to me, but it it's really the input affected lag, me here. Yeah. Right? Like, like you, you noticed how... Mm -hmm. How how much longer it takes for the for what you're doing on the sticks to respond onto the screen, and when you're playing even at 60 FPS, 
you know, it's it feels almost instant. Then you switch to that 4K 30 and you're like, whoa, there's like a full half second between what I'm doing and what's being shown on screen. And that's that's to me because Uncharted is so action oriented. The responsive controls of the 60 FPS is makes this game awesome. It's it's the same as, you know, when PS3 when we, we have the Nathan Drake collection on PS4. Now all those games are at 60 FPS. I, I just love the world that every Uncharted game, except for the Vita one, <laughs> now has a 60 FPS version for yeah. you to be able to to enjoy on your big screen televisions. Of course, you're talking about Fight for Fortune, the card game. That's the, um, that's the one, not not yeah. Golden Abyss. Yeah, the, the uh, card game no one played. But yeah, no, these these play super well. I'm currently just making my way through Uncharted 4 because it's it's my girlfriend's first time seeing the series as a whole. We just finished 3 a couple nights ago and are, are playing 4. And I, I'm just really impressed. I think it really speaks to like Naughty Dog's attention to detail that like this is a... Uh, Uncharted 4 is a almost six-year-old game now. And it yeah. still looks beautiful. Like it's still, especially running so well, looks really gorgeous. Yeah, we have our performance review, and then I did a comparison where I did some of the more action-heavy scenes just next to each other, and it's running on PlayStation 4 Pro with the PS4 Pro set to 4K with the 60 FPS performance, but there it is, uh, running it in uh, in 4K as well, and man, it's insane how good it looks still. But, yeah. And, and re- I was reading front, the U- yeah. I was reading the YouTube comments, and everyone's just like, "I yeah, it yeah, it looks smoother, but like it looks so good still that it's it's nuts. It's really nuts how how much this game has held up." I I think yeah I I, I think we maybe have kind of forgotten over time because obviously there were there were very beautiful games as the PS4 lifecycle went on, but man, is this game gorgeous? And I think. Like, if you had just shown me this game, if I never knew it was a PS4 Pro-enabled game, mm-hmm. if it was just coming to PS5, I'd be like, oh, yeah, that's a pretty good-looking PS5 game. Like, obviously, there there are some limitations compared to some newer games, but it looks really beautiful still. It's it's a yeah. really fantastic-looking game. So if your PS5 is the first time you're playing it, you're still going to be in for a beautiful game. It's not going to feel like you're playing anything too dated in really any way. No, it's... I think it's, that it's... really just, uh, I think that really, you know, pays, you know... Uh, pay, it really pays off for how much work that Naughty Dog puts into their games, how much attention to detail they put into every single little element from the fruit stands that you're crashing through in those like car chases and everything else that like explodes, you know, yeah. all the interactables and stuff mm-hmm. in the game. Like Naughty Dog is very keen about paying attention to all the little details that people are going to mess with. Like that's what part of the reason why I love Last of Us 2 so much is because they paid so much attention to where like if you kill somebody and ammo is like you know dropped from that enemy if you push the button fast enough ellie will jump will will grab the ammo out of the air um there's an animation for that yeah it's it's an uncharted 4 as well if you tackle a guy and you don't have a gun or you don't have his gun he gets tackled and his gun flies up in the air and nathan grabs it i love that stuff it's yeah that type of stuff is amazing so like kudos to naughty dog on doing such a good job on these these games the thing i want to bring up which is is always the question and the the question that there's just no answer to right is because of the nature of this right when you look at ghost of tsushima and death stranding they have all this added content and so you kind of think okay like those are worth buying right they're director's cuts Mm -hmm. where this this game i text dornbush like when we had first got it and i was like this is this it's a patch for sure except for you know except for the super fast loading like this looks how horizon zero dawn looks which was a free upgrade and this costs money right so there's always the question is is it is it worth the upgrade and Mm -hmm. i'm gonna go with like that's really up to you right i do think it it is probably worth the ten dollar upgrade especially because um Mm-hmm. You know, they they run really well. I do think some of the dual sense stuff they're doing is pretty cool. It's not like crazy blow your mind, but some of the the way guns feel differently is working pretty well for for their first uh stab at it. Uh the the way cars feel as you're driving in that chase sequence feels pretty good. I I would say it's worth it to see those things if you're curious about how Naughty Dog on their first go of sort of a remaster on PS5 is and what that means for the future for them. I think it's a really mm-hmm. cool sort of like this is just them literally scratching the surface of what they can do on the PS5. So, yep. 
I'm gonna um, be honest, I didn't realize they had the $10 upgrade path for this one for owners of either of the other games. I was gonna skip it because I've played them and I enjoyed them and I own the PS4 versions, but now I know there's a $10 version. I'm gonna scoop it up and pick it up now. So because I love Yeah, Lost and then Legacy. and it's if you own either of them, if you only have four or you only have Lost Legacy, even if you only have the disc version, though, I assume that every time you go to play it, it'll make you put the disc in still. Uh it's it's ten bucks. So it's it's definitely worth it if you own one of them already. Maybe go to GameStop, find a used copy, and there you go. Pay the ten bucks and you're good to go. <laughs> yep, there you go. Yep. But yeah, it's uh really exciting to be back to this series and it also makes me really really hope this isn't the end for uncharted uh i you know movie aside and whatever it ends up being i really hope we get another uncharted at some point in the future because this has made me remember so much for why i love love this yeah franchise. i i hope these aren't here just to like make people excited for the movie which sorry does not look good i'm hoping they're testing the waters of how well these sell how much interest there is in a in a pc version for them to be like, yep, we're making the right call because we've already got another Uncharted game in the development. Because that's that's my hope, is that there's already <laughs> one in development. <laughs> I hope so, too. I, I think it's probably a little both. I think it, it both tests the waters of interest in people still picking up Uncharted games and, uh, you know, doesn't hurt the movie to have Uncharted more out there in, in yep. the weeks leading up. Mm-hmm. But anyway, uh, really exciting to see it. Really, really happy to be experiencing these games. Uh, really excited to be playing them with a newcomer as well on my end. But uh, Jada, what have you been playing over the last week? Uh, so I've been diving into World Ends with you a whole bunch. I finally hit week two. I think I'm on day three of week two. Um, it's such a good RPG. I really love just the min-maxing of everything. I'm still playing at level one, even though my characters, I think I could capture I forgot them at about level this, yeah. 62. <laughs> I think I'm at 62 or 63 total, but I'm at level one. So like anytime I chain 10 enemies, I have like a, what am I, what's my multiplier? I think it's like a 300, three to 500 multiplier or something like that, like for drops rates. So really cool. Um, And actually I booted up Horizon Zero Dawn last night, Hmm. Uh, started my new game plus ultra hard run. Um, It's actually a lot of fun being able to, with all my upgrades, being able to one shot pretty much all those smaller beasts with a heavy melee strike. Um, So I'm about 20% after about three or four hours last night. So I am barreling through it um, because I want to finish it prior to uh, Forbidden West. So I think I'm going to make it. Nice. It, uh, yeah, I I would say you probably have enough time before. It's, it's what, three, four weeks? Yeah, you can... You, you can mainline the story of that. And it's definitely a good reminder, uh, I, I think. And, and for those who are wondering about Horizon's story as well, we will have a story recap um, mm-hmm. going up uh, in the next couple of weeks. Uh, so if you're looking to jump into Forbidden West, but don't remember the story or maybe never played the first and just are waiting to jump in at, at this point to the sequel, we will have a story recap uh, up on IGN soon to help you help you through all that. Oh, but, uh, no, one other one other game I've yes, been playing is, uh, you know, The Rock announced that he doesn't he's doing another video game movie, but hasn't told us which one it is. So I've been uh, making screen grabs of various uh, video game movies, putting his face on different uh, icon, iconic uh, game covers. So, Wait, that's, so that's the game the I'm game? playing right now. That's, that's, the game. that's the that's the game I'm playing right now. Is I'm uh, okay. my own guessing game. Uh, okay. how's, one one how's of them's got to be true. <laughs> yeah, so so far, so far, and I'll post them on Twitter after uh, it'll be up on Twitter before the episode goes live. But uh, I've done him on Mega Man so far because sure. Rockman basically just writes itself. Of course, sure. that is the Japanese translation of Mega Man. Uh, I have photoshopped him onto Gauntlet, so he's got a majestic mane like he did in Scorpion King. Um, and then I did a tag team of him and Kevin Hart on the cover of Double Dragon. Um, nice. Because I think that would be a hilarious uh, uh, crossover. Or a only only ten thousand more games to go. Yes, only ten thousand more. I'll eventually get the right one, and somebody be like, "She finally got it." Yep. So. You could just do one a day, like that sh- photoshopping Paddington into different movies per day. Yeah, I think that's what I'm going to do. I think that's could, what I'm going to do. I'll post the first couple today, and then I'll do. I'm going to do one a day until he announces it. 
Perfect. Uh, I got to assume it's not a movie we would think The Rock would be in because based on how he teased it, I assume it's going to be a silly translation, but we'll find out. Maybe he's starring as Sly Cooper. Who knows? It could be exciting. Could be weird. Maybe he's in the Twisted Metal TV show. Who knows what's going to happen? Um, but that is going to pretty much wrap us up for this week's episode of Podcast Beyond. Jada and Mark, thank you so much for joining me for this week's episode. Um, before we go, just as a reminder, if you didn't see it already this week, we did put up a special bonus beyond uh, going into my hands-on preview of Horizon Forbidden West. I played four hours of it, and we dove fully into it for an hour, so go check out that if you want to hear more before the game is released. Uh, we also put up an awesome sort of comparison of how Forbidden West has evolved that Mark produced, uh, if you want to see a little bit of the differences between Zero Dawn and Forbidden West. Uh, and we also just put up another sort of like details piece of, of a few things that didn't make it into my preview and some other stuff. Uh, so go check all of that out. We have a ton of Horizon coverage up there uh, from the preview, and it should hopefully get you all as excited as it's gotten me excited to finally be playing that game. I can't wait. Uh, but other than that, uh, you can find us all on Twitter. I'm at JM Dornbush. Mark is at Mark underscore Medina and Jada is at Jada underscore Rena. Uh, thank you both again so much for joining me for this week's episode. Thank you to Kate for making the show happen and dealing with the wild weirdness of the internet as it plagues us. And thank you to everyone out there for listening and watching. We hope you're doing well. Wheel. We hope you're staying safe. And as always, beyond. 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 Welcome. You've got the digital folklore. Monsters lurk in the shadowy corners of the internet. Our darkest fears peer back at us from the depths of the web. We can. (coughs) Hey, holy. Hey, Linda Blair. Are you all right? No. Can we maybe do this a different tone? Hey there, I'm Perry Carpenter. And I'm Mason Amadeus. On our podcast, Digital Folklore, we explore monsters, memes, and everything in between. Looking at our digital expressions through the lens of folklore, we break down the stories and communities we create online. And we try to make it a lot of fun. The show is presented in an audio drama style with a narrative and soundscape that's designed to draw you in. We weave insightful research and expert interviews with humor and storytelling. Come check it out. Search Digital Folklore wherever you get your podcasts.